Yeah, there might be a few curse words tonight, Matt. All right. Ready to go. All right. Everybody ready? Hell the f*** yeah. <laughs> Good day. You are listening to a podcast. But this isn't just any podcast. Just any podcast couldn't do this. Or this. What the? This is the podcast. Starring the Ted. Starring the Ted. Start. The. Uh, starring the Ted Smith and Cobb. Ha-ha. The. Podcast starts. You better wear a helmet now. All right, welcome back to another D Home episode of the the podcast. We're the host this here podcast, the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land. Oh, they call me the Ted. Smith. By the way, episode fifty of the Home episode. Never thought we'd be here, but here we are. All right, down in the uh, lower box today. Uh, he goes by the name of Cobb. Cobb, what's going on? Boys, it is episode 50, but it's about to be hot girl summer. The people are coming out. The animal instincts are live out there on the streets. I've been keeping my ears to the streets, my ass to the skies. It's all happening, boys. What's up? <laughs> all right. Uh, up in the top left today, uh, get the studio all set up. Getting out all the bleeps tonight. Matt, kind of the producer, MCTC. What's up, Matt? Hey, Ted. Great to see you. Yeah. Had a week off there, and I have been taking a tour of the uh, entire eastern seaboard. Dude, yeah, that trip sounds sick. Walk us through it. All right, so I took a red eye and went down to Charleston, South Carolina. And then uh, off of Charleston, there's these barrier islands, right? So we were out at Island of Palms, which is next to Kiawai, Matt. Oh, okay. Is that the golf island or whatever, like really bougie? So they both are. Kiawai (laughs) just had the PGA tournament, but basically Island of Palm has this resort called Wild Dunes. And it's like gated. We were staying in there, but it's like got golf courses. So <laughs> there's so many little funny things. But the guys I was with, these were there's seven of us total. They all were going to Hopkins. I was starting in radio. This is when I lived in the basement where two people had died. It was like a hundred bucks a month. Two people died, dude. You never mentioned it. Two. All right, we'll come back to that. Go ahead. <laughs> so first of all, like I love a good like prank among friends. So there's seven of us. Only two of the guys knew I was showing up. The guy that booked the house and like the other dudes didn't know. So I show up. It's like 10, 15. They're kind of hungover, like scratching their eyes, like just people in mesh shorts. And I just pop in. Hype man. Right. And they're just like, oh, what's up, Teddy? What the f are you doing here? I was like, like, oh, Burris kept me in the loop. And then I like went to the master suite to wake up Raider. He's just like, he's like, are you really here? And I was like, yeah, man. And I came Dude, out. That's awesome. That's yeah. got to feel good. Oh, it, it was one of the best surprises I think I've ever pulled. Cause it was hard. Like I was on the email chains, but like nobody knew I was there. It was hard not to jump in and be like, well, what about this? Or what about that? Wow, dude, that's, that's the long con, man. Like that's got, especially because like, not only are they not in um, the area that you know them from Maryland, but like they're on an exotic vacation. And then for you to merge in, it's like just a clashing of realities. Yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. So, is everybody wearing pastels? Like what's the vibe out there on the islands? <laughs> uh, it is. And it's very, it's very Southern, right? I mean, you're outside of Charleston. Dude, like, I'm just gonna be honest with you. It sounds expensive and racist. Is that accurate? Put it to you this way. They have one beach bar called the Windjammer. You can look it up. They have cameras, like webcams all the time. So during the day, I found like one good table in the shade. And we were just drinking fruity drinks, drinking Miller Lite. A group of 40-year-old guys playing asshole in the middle of the day at a table. Which, I don't know. Like nobody's played that since high school. That was pretty fun. But you had to buy tickets, right? Because this bar has like concerts at night. So we buy tickets. It's like some D-list country guy. So we go home. There's a great pool and everything. Uh, cook a bunch of steaks. We go back out. Now I'm wearing my uh, polka dot shirt and black shorts. Like I already kind of stick out. And then we just start buying trays of shots. Love I mean, it. Cobb, there's 1,100 people in this bar. And we are the stars. Dude, there, there is an energy when you're on a good man trip and you've got like more than one fire starter in there, I've only been in a small handful and it feels good. But the fact that you guys were the center of attention does not shock me. But once you have that momentum, it almost just builds itself up more and more. You know what I mean? It was, 
honestly, it was one of the craziest. Bar- I mean, I've been to a lot of bars and done some stuff. This was one of the wildest bar nights I ever had in my life. Oh, also keep in mind, though, there's no Ubers on this freaking island. So we had to hire a dude from Charleston to kind of drive us around all day. But like by nighttime, he's gone. It's like hard to find cars. I'll get back to that. But we are ordering trays. But most people in this bar are either on a bachelor party or a bachelorette party. So now bachelorette parties are sending us shots back. Love like it. It's getting messy. A couple people bailed early. Uh, <laughs> there was two women that were very attractive that did not appreciate Seattle. And I was trying to explain to them, like, I know politically you think you hate Seattle, but I go, and I'm trying to explain what the Northwest is about once you leave town. And finally, my one buddy just comes over. Steve's like six, seven. And he leans on my shoulder and he goes, just tell him you're from fucking D.C. I'm tired <laughs> of this argument. You, you know, drunk me was not going to let it go. Dude, seriously, I would I would tell them I was from anywhere they wanted to hear if I could just go home with them at that point. Like, I mean, Ted, they they wanted to engage with you. Like, just let them get out of the way. Yeah. And I was the only single guy on the trip. And like the next morning, a couple of them were like, that one girl hated you so much that you had a, like a good shot there. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, she would have hated you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> and then this was a first for me. So they have the concert outside on the beach, right? Again, 1,100 people. Then the upstairs is probably one of the biggest bars I've seen in my life. Like, I don't know that the three of us have been in a bar this big that I can even give you a reference point. But they had a cover band that just did country party songs. I was like, huh, never seen that one before. Dude, have you ever been to Put-In Bay? That sounds kind of like that. They have like this weird, have you ever been there or no? No. It's this weird spot in Ohio. I don't really know how to describe it. It's on the Great Lakes. You have to boat to get there. It's got, it's home of the longest bar in the world, but they have this round bar that just has like a country entertainer guy. And he just like, everyone's standing. It's just kind of a crowd, but everyone's sort of same thing, like just doing shots and whatever. And yeah, it sounds like that same kind of vibe. And people are just getting loose. Like we're talking like 65-year-old dads just taking shots of whiskey, giving zero Fs. Moms like, you know, on the edge of flashing their, what can we say, tatas? Yeah. Well, you get to it sounds, it I think I've been in a similar, similar environment. Fun as hell. Well, that's the other funny thing is they're like, you guys are on a bachelor trip, huh? And we're like, no. So you guys are here as you love golf? No. <laughs> You guys all went to Hopkins. No. <laughs> and, then, and then they go, where are you guys from? And we go everywhere. Do you want a shot or not? Don't worry about specifics of how the seven of us know each other. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get t- caught up in the details here, okay? Because some of the guys are like Connecticut dudes. So they're like dressed to the nines. You got me in the polka dot shirt wearing my new fancy hat, uh, my new Stone Island hat. And they're, they're just like, I don't understand what the connection is. It's like, we all used to live together in Baltimore. Like it it doesn't make sense that we're all still friends, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Just let it go. Yeah. But yeah, that was, that was crazy. And then the next day we just kind of did the pool and the beach day, which brings us back to our classic argument, beach house versus lake house. Now I'm still team lake house, but that was the first time I had swam in waves in a long time. Like, God, it was fun, man. When it's sunny out and there's sand out there, man, it does hit different. I hear you. And the water was warm. Like, I mean, Matt, I was body surfing. Like, I can't tell you. I mean, it must have been 17 years since I've, like, caught a wave body surfing and, like, rode it into the shore and got, got, like, tumbled over. I was like, this is fun. Man, that's, yeah, it's incredible. I grew up at the beach. Body surfing is the best. Like. I don't know. I don't know how you compete with that. Yeah. Like I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I I mean, you could swim in the sound, but it's cold and there's no waves. Like I was like, man, I forgot what this is about. And I forgot like when you don't catch one and it like picks you up, I'm like, I'm like up here dunking at the top after then you just kind of like bounce back down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes I I like, like going under like I don't catch it and then I'll just like try and go underneath and back out the top. It's just playing in the waves. It's even as a grown up, it's the best. Yeah, and I kind of forgot how quickly that would come back to me. Where it's like, uh oh, we gotta go under this one. I suck at snapping. I don't think Mike picked that up, but totally. 
Uh, yeah, so Saturday was pretty chill. I mean, chill. I mean, we still had a blast and everything. Yeah, and then Sunday, caught a couple flights. Uh, the turbulence coming out of Charlotte was some of the worst turbulence I've ever had in my life. Like, I've been on a lot of planes. Like, I was clenching. I was like, ooh, this is spooky. Did uh, anybody make a move to hold your hand or your arm or anything? <laughs> no, I made a buddy next to me, and I was busting DV's chops. And I was like, oh, my buddy's up there probably in his pants right now. <laughs> and we're laughing and joking. But after a half an hour of this, it finally ends. And I look over at him, I go, that one gets you a little nervous? He's like, oh, yeah, brother. That one got me nervous, too. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah turbulence is crazy man it's you know what do you do like you're just you're trapped yeah and it's super common but there's just and and when you're on these islands there's massive thunderstorms at some point every day Mm -hmm. yeah and huge you know hot and cold high low pressure systems moving through and stuff i mean a lot of chop as they call it in the sky yeah then i went up to philly for a night hung out at uh, dan's house with him and his wife and the cicadas Cicadas are awful and they're everywhere. Like they're not in South Carolina. You go up north, they are everywhere. They're loud. They just fly. Like you're just sitting here talking outside and it's like, ah, Jesus Christ, freaking cicada. Dude, okay. What? I, I feel like I always hear different stories. I don't know. You grew up on the East Coast. Maybe you'd be the guy, but I feel like I hear about the cicadas and I hear that. Okay. So I've heard cicadas before. They are crazy loud, but I know that like they also take years off, like they're dormant for like 13 years or whatever, or however long it is. I don't know. So my question is, are there like different groups of them every year? But like, so you, if you have a big group, it's not big again for 13 years, but it's like small groups every year. Or is it like there is one group and that thing just stays in the ground. And then like on cicada year, it's like, uh, uh, what's it called? Like, um, uh, uh, what's that called in the Bible when there's like the crazy like locusts? Like it's a swarm. Oh, it's a plague. Yeah. Is that what it's like? Or is it like there's some every year and then just some years are worse than others? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's kind of it's in between. This one was brood X and they come out every 17 years. I think there's another brood that comes out like every 10 years or something that's not nearly as big. But this is like the every 17 year cicada brood, brood X. And this Jesus. is like... When they're everywhere. I mean, dude, when you're driving down 95, they just run into your windshield and there's just cicada like guts all over your windshield. Wow. Dude, yeah. that's that seems like just devastating if you're a farmer or something. I mean, they've got to eat something, right? I assume they eat plants. Yeah, I mean, they're actually really good for the environment because they sit under there for 17 years and then they come out and like naturally do stuff to the soil and everything, but they're just it's just loud and like, they don't hurt you. They don't bite, but they're, you know, it's at an inch and a half, two inches big. When they land on you, you're like, Oh, Oh my God. Wow. And we're talking millions of these things. I, I expect. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying, I mean, it looks Jesus. like exactly what you're talking about. Like you look outside and you can just, wow. there's like swarms and, of them. And then every once in a while, like one gets on, it only really sucks when they get on your neck or head and you're like, get oh, off of me. God, dude. That sounds nasty, man. Oh, I don't love, but I, I mean, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Trust me. There's a lot of, I forgot in the Northwest, we do not do bugs unless you're out in the, in the forest. Like there's, I had bug bites all over my legs from mosquitoes and stuff oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then I went down to Maryland for a couple of days, had like a family dinner with my family, got to spend some time with my mom and then saw Bernie He's big into coaching baseball, went and like watched uh, one of his kids play baseball. And then we, you know, just hung out at his house and then right, ran into an old coach of mine, saw Chris and Will tailgate trip. And then that Friday went up, the Smiths were having a, uh, my cousin was getting married up in Frederick, Maryland. I won't say the name of the hotel, but it was awful. Like, <laughs> cop, awful. There was, there was just trash on the hallway floors that hadn't been vacuumed. Uh, I checked my mom into her room. Her toilet's just running. And I'm like, what is going on? I like, just take off the back of it. Pretty simple fix, but somebody had just not connected the like plunger thing to the handle. Oh man. And then I get to my room and there's ceiling tiles missing and there's wet towels on the floor. And we're like, what is going on? Cause it had drenched that day. Like, like flood warnings. Apparently the whole roof was leaking. It's like, <sighs> Yeah. 
my brother's room, he came up the next day. His room, his room key didn't work. The room wasn't cleaned. They never cleaned it. Like when he got back after the wedding, they still hadn't cleaned it. Jesus. <laughs> Dude, Ted, Ted wow. talking about hotels in that area, there's, there's this one like crazy. I mean, so Maryland is like right next to Virginia. There's this one crazy hotel that I've heard of in West Virginia. Have you ever heard of it? It's like the, uh, it's like an Greenbrier? old, like the Greenbrier. Yeah, yes. Course. Have you ever been to the Greenbrier? I have not, but right. It used to be underneath the Greenbrier, uh, was like a whole nother Senate, like a whole nother Capitol set up in case there was an attack on DC. They could get everybody on a train and run the government from underneath that hotel. Dude, that makes so much sense. So I was just about to describe it as to Matt as looking like the white house. Like it literally looks like the white house. I don't know if I can drop a link in our little chat, but yeah, this thing's crazy. Just, just Google that thing, Matt. Wait. So Ted, you have not been there. I feel like you and I at some point naturally just, Okay, I don't want to call this as like a thing we should go do. I don't think we need to. I feel like this is one of those things that weirdly happens naturally. Like we're on a road trip somewhere. We're like, we're only 20 miles. Let's go get a cocktail at the Greenbrier. I just think it's going to fall in there. I don't think we have to plan it. I don't think we have to try it, but I just, it's going to be weird. It's going to be like in our 60s or something, but just, just remember that I said that. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, yeah, I will say that the wedding was awesome. Seeing all the cousins and stuff and, uh, yeah, congratulations, Kelly and Joe. And that that was like it, the rain had stopped. Saturday wasn't too humid. It was actually a decent day. We were on yellow school buses, like your classic wedding to reception kind of deal. School bus was quiet on the way over because people were hung over, you know, three or four in the afternoon. The way back was just chaos. Keep, your boy, I have been running on fumes this whole week, right? But we're on the school bus going back, like terrible shocks. I mean, it's a school bus or whatever. Bob, I decide this is the moment that I'm going to breathe and take a 20 minute nap on the school bus. It was like chaos ensuing. I just like shut down. Then we get back <laughs> oh to the hotel. God. Everybody's like, you were quiet. I was like, I actually fell asleep. Like you fell asleep on that bus. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Like, All right. Well, we're back at the hotel. Break out the beers. Let's what I kept saying. Let's warm the engine back up. <laughs> Dude, that's what I was wondering is, did you bounce back? Because that's what separates the men from the boys in the nap game. Oh, yeah. I knew what I was doing. <sighs> the Oprah Winfrey power now, man. Strikes again. I love it. Yeah. But I also knew the crowd I was with. And I was like, it's 11. Like, they're not going to sleep. And we had an after-party room that we, we rented in the hotel. I guess it's like a restaurant during the day. And I was like, well, everybody's going to be down there. I'm not missing that. So I was like, let me just get 20 minutes real quick. I mean, honestly, I was impressed. I can't sleep on planes, but in the chaos of a bus with people screaming, I was able to take a 20-minute nap. Wow. Dude, don't take this the wrong way, but it makes sense to me that you'd be at home in chaos. Now, that being said, what I like being back east is that you have those bonus three hours that they all forgot about on your usual schedule. And so right as people are kind of like, you know, they're trying to turn it up, you still got three hours of gas in the tank, cash in the bank, which I always love. Dude, there was a couple nights that like I had to be the one to be like, hey guys, it's 3 30. That's midnight my time. I'm ready to shut it down. Right, it was three, <laughs> I usually it was, go to bed at 11. Like, you know, that's a rowdy crowd when me of all people is like, hey man, like I'm having a blast. So we got to, because we got to sleep at some point. <laughs> Dude, that is rowdy. I mean, in all fairness, you were the only one dealing with the jet lag of a cross country flight. But yeah, if you're shutting it down, dude, that's those, those people are turning up hard yeah. that's what i'm saying people are coming out of quarantine with a vengeance i just i can feel it on the streets dude you're 100 right like people were so happy just to like be hanging out with other people and, and you're right everywhere i went like also it was kind of weird like you can sit at bars if you're fully vaccinated you don't have to wear a mask you just sit at the bar and i was like man this is kind of cool i forgot about this yeah death I had a similar experience in Wallingford on what was that Thursday? I don't know. Sometime over the weekend, Thursday or Friday, or I think it was Saturday night. And we didn't get to sit at the bar, but just being in a bar with a bunch of people in Washington. Wow. A lot of fun. Yeah. And I think we're opening it up at the end of this month. Yeah. I think the masks go away. Actually, you know, I don't know. I heard some on the radio, but I'm not sure. 
Well, you should believe everything you hear on the radio. I mean, I work on the radio. I always do. <laughs> I always do hook, line, and sinker, baby. <laughs> In fact, I've been watching my inter- my mailbox for that intercom paycheck. They told me it's coming. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> well, you better be looking for one from Audacity. Yeah. <laughs> Odyssey. Odyssey, not Audacity. Odyssey. What's, what's Odyssey? That's the name of our company now. Oh, I didn't know they changed. Yeah. The, well, we can talk about it later. <laughs> it just take weird. you on an Odyssey. Right, but it's Odyssey, but it's like A-U-D. Like Odyssey like that. Oh, like Audacity? Correct. But that's why I screwed it up. But it's Odyssey. Odyssey. Wait. Dude, I'm so confused. I'm trying to say the word audio. Like uh, audio. Yeah, yeah, but are they trying to say like audacity? Like who has the audacity or whatever? Are they trying to or are they pronouncing like Odyssey? Odyssey. Odyssey, yeah. Because audacity already exists. Yeah. Odyssey. Wait, how do they spell it? You know I love words. Hang on, let me grab something that it's spelt on. And you know I love good and bad corporate branding. A U D A C Y. A C Y. Odyssey. Yeah. That's I mean, that's where everybody's listening to our podcast now. It's from Odyssey.com. <laughs> what a time to be alive, boys. All right. Question about weddings. When's the last time either of you have been to a wedding? <laughs> I've been to one on Saturday, but I haven't been in a long time. Last one I went to, I think it was 2018, probably. There's too many speeches. Yes, agreed. Right? Like, I mean, I've been to more weddings probably than most people. I'm like, I get, I get the maid of honor gets to give a speech now. Like, generally, it used to just be the best man. But then there's like other people giving speeches, and I'm just like, feels like rehearsal dinner and then i don't you'll see on saturday but i'm like there's too many speeches and then like you gotta let the best man go last like yeah he's the closer right because the best man he might cry or shed a tear in the middle of the speech and everybody goes "Ooh, right but he's gonna fire it up at the end and say cheers and you're like hell yeah i think the maid of honor always like gets is fine during the middle of the speech then gets the end and just starts bawling her eyes out it's like all right cheers I know, and you kind of feel like you're at a funeral. Right, it's like, that's not how you cheers. And I get it. I'm just like, that's like, man, you got to let the best man like be the last person to speak. Dude, yeah, think of, think of if you were a band and you had a sad song as your closer. It's like, no, dude, you take people sad in the middle. You know, you bring the energy up to start, take people sad in the middle, go a little emo, and then like, you got to end on a banger. And that I'm with you, 100% is the best man. And I only got one cup of champagne like I heard him talk and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll drink it. And then it's like, there's more speeches. Like, I'm like, now I'm just cheersing with water. This isn't even fun. <laughs> I'm hanging out with a toddler that just learned how to cheers. <laughs> right? Don't, don't like wedding planners run them through this. And there's like, Hey, here, like a to B to C boom, go dance. DJ, turn it up. That's not the way it is anymore. I'm telling you like it, because uh... for years it was just the best man. Then it was like the maid of honor. And I go, okay, I can fathom that. But now it's like, there's sometimes there's a parent or like a special friend. And like the per, like I felt really bad. It's after like the fourth one. And some of these people are my family. So I hope they don't listen to this. And if you are one of the cousins that's listening, you don't have to tell them I said this. But then I'm starting to feel like I'm making jokes with my brothers, with my sister-in-law. And we're like, how many more speeches? And then another guy comes out and we're like, another speech? And he's like, I'm going to give the benediction, like the prayer before the meal. So then, <laughs> then we felt like assholes. <laughs> and I'm picturing you just booing the benediction. Like, boo! <laughs> <my steak."> Enough! <laughs> Dude, the, the only other speech I will allow. Okay, I, I'm with you. I think that we're sliding down a weird slope here. I think for a while, media glorified the bachelor party. You see it with, there's a couple movies out there, you know, hangover style. That, um, and so because of that, I think there's all, for every, you know, action, a reaction. So then I think bachelorette parties, like tried to outdo bachelor parties. I've been sort of following this from a weird, like sociological, like 
you know, fetish of mine. I've been following this whole thing. So then the bachelorette parties were like, oh, if the bachelors are going out, we're going to go crazier. So then like they would go out and go crazier and dress up and like have, you know, penis straws and whatever and like do it up. And like they're going out harder than the boys. Then I think bachelor parties went the other direction. I think they started to like, hey, we're just going to like roll into the woods. We're going to chill out. You know, we're going to like go rent this cabin, whatever. And like they went like kind of dark, which I respected. Now we have this weird thing where women are sick of going on a lot of these crazy bachelorette parties. I see them in Austin where it'll be like 15 women just like, you know, I I wouldn't say sad, just like bombed out and depleted, like dragging themselves around rainy street, you know, chasing after this bride. It's this weird, like political head game, whatever. So anyway, I think that now to hear that the speeches are starting to encroach on the, on the wedding and guys like Ted, my fun, that hurts. The only other speech I will make an allowance for is the guy who's paying for the thing. Father of the bride, you want to get up there and make a speech? You go for it, buddy. I'm going to listen intently. After that, we got father of the bride, maid of honor, go out with a bang with your know, best man. And that's it. I'm done. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm with you. Right. You would. Right. And, and, you know, you're paying for the wedding, your father, bride, but I'm like, cool. But I just, I guess, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why it got me. So I think it got me salty just cause like, also like I'm sitting at this table, right now I've been on the East coast for over a week. I've been, your boys been running ragged saying what's up to everybody. Now I got people standing up there with the microphone down by their goddamn belly button. And I'm just like muttering to myself, like pull it up to your mouth, you know, or they keep tapping it. Like just talk into it. It's the microphone. <laughs> like I know like, 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 I know you're nervous. Like just talk into it. People will listen. You are the man in charge right now. <laughs> hey, that, you, you know, in the, have you seen the movie, the wedding singer? You remember that movie, Adam Sandler? Yeah. Dude, I love in The Wedding Singer, he's like, I have the microphone and you don't. So you will listen to every word I have to say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, one guy was really nice. I'm just like, God, man, I love you. But like, pick up the mic, like put it near your mouth. Dude, my, my thing is when they go like over the three minute mark and you're just like, wrap it up, buddy. Or when they make inside jokes that nobody gets. It's yeah. like, dude, just come on. Also, veteran move from being a bar, like going to bars and hanging out at weddings. Like they set up the outside bar, like, uh, you know, before dinner. And there's like, there's four of those like bar tops, like the round ones. But there's one right behind the bar. So as soon as that bar opens, I'm over there getting a couple beers and tipping. And I set up at that bar table. So then like some of my immediate family comes by and they're like, what are you doing over here? And I'm like, hey everybody's going to be at this bar in a minute because the free drink, the drinks inside are about to be cut off. I get, look, we stand here. Line gets bigger. Line gets smaller. Like we always got somebody we can like chirp at. Everybody has to walk by us and see us. I kept, I started saying I'm one white claw away. Like, you know, just like one of my, everybody's like from what? I'm like, you never know, but I'm one white claw away. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, that's awesome. Did the outside bar get busy? Oh my God. Yes. And guess like, who's sitting VIP, baby? Right. So I'm saying, and then like, I at this point, I'm catching a buzz again. I kind of forget, like, some of the girls in the wedding, they weren't hanging out with us Friday night, right? Because it's bad luck. So like, I had met some of their husbands, and like, they would come over and like sit something on the table, and I'm like, hey, you can't put that there, man. You gotta have, you gotta have a ticket to this table. Oh my god, are you serious? Like, no, I'm not freaking serious. I don't believe a word I'm saying. <laughs> but while you're in line, could you grab me a white claw? Like, I mean, at one point. God, the line is like from one end of the venue to the other. And I've got like three drinks just sitting in front of me. Dude, I love it. Just one step ahead, man. It, you know, it is funny that like you just get that inside knot. I mean, you've been to like, honestly, probably what, like 30 weddings at this point. I mean, and yeah. God knows how many hundreds of, you know, obscure bars around the country. I mean, you know, I think you deserved it. That's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was pretty that. cool. You earned that table. <laughs> <laughs> right. And the smart people that know me and know like no bars and stuff, they're just like, oh, you ass. You're just going to stand here and poach beer and get somebody to grab you one when they're in line. I was like, yeah. But I also tip the bartender right out of the gate. Like, remember me. Like, yeah. Don't remember mind. this don't face. Right. Be friends. Right. <laughs> That's always my move, too. I go in big and then a big one at the end of the night. Just like, thanks, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. What else? People seem thrown off. You've been to a wedding where they have the sparkler send off. 
Yep. Yeah. Yep. A, lot, a lot of people had not, and they were like, what are we doing? What are, what are we doing? With these I mean, people are hitting each other with them. And I was like, okay, everybody take a breath. One's going to light. We're going to go tip to tip and light it. It'll look great with the drone footage, but <laughs> it was a, it was a lot going on. Uh, what else are going to bring up? Oh, I am impressed too. So I don't know a ton of people, but not everybody smokes weed back East, but a lot of people are into CBD now. Yeah, like family members, like, have you heard of these soda waters that have CBD in them? They're so relaxing. I was like, I have not, but I'm going to start drinking them. <laughs> soda water with CBD. That sounds legit. Yeah. Like a good weeknight drink. I, yeah. I've heard of those. I never, yeah. I don't know. I'm not, I'd never got into the CBD stuff, but yeah, I, I, did they give you a brand name? Are they like readily available? Like, remember, I remember hearing about them, but they were hard to find. Yeah, that's a good call. I definitely Googled it, but I'm not sure. Was it called like recess or release or something like that? Okay. I wouldn't be surprised if some exist, but there doesn't, there ha one hasn't like taken off to the point of like, you know, uh, yeah, dominating option. Yeah. Dude, I, uh, I got a, I got a question. You got, yeah. you, you guys, I feel like would know. Okay, so somebody told me that CBD like basically doesn't do anything, especially when it's in soda. But I've, I've had one experience where I put like that CBD lotion on, and it did feel pretty good. It felt tingly, kind of like um, icy hot back in the day, in, like junior high. Um, but that sounded like it was some weird reference. It wasn't. I just, I was a wrestler. Um, but uh, do, do CBD sodas, like, what, what do you feel like after you have one of those things? What's the experience? So I haven't had CBD in a soda, but like I, I buy some mints that are like super heavy in CBD, very light on THC. And like, like, especially like, like a Sunday or a Monday night, maybe, maybe had a little fun on the weekend. I feel like it definitely kind of like just calms you down and relax you. Like I like CBD topicals are great, but like if I'm like eating CBD or drinking it probably because my anxiety's up a little bit or I'm stressed about something. So I think it helps there. Whereas like, oh, okay. If you smoke THC, you might get more paranoid about the thing you're worried about. So it's not like an overt, like, like, oh, I'm effed up. It's like, I kind of just sort of general wellness feel a little bit better. Yeah. And my second question is, is it legit? Like, does it work? I generally don't know. I mean, the ones I buy, I think they do, but I also buy them at the medical store. <laughs> That surprises me zero percent. Or at the weed store. So I don't know, like, because they sell CBD everywhere now. If you're just buying it at like the corner store, I don't know how that stuff works. All right, all right, Matt. I feel like I need a good brand to give a try. Yeah, um, I, I've heard things about the brands. You know, I, I see. I've sometimes, you know, I like. T CBD in the THC mixed into the weed that I'm smoking or like with edibles, they'll give you the ratios. And like, sometimes it like, I don't like, I don't want the CBD content to interfere with my desired THC content. Sometimes there's a trade off on those. And I'm like, not about that. Um, but I tend to notice the THC effect instead of the CBD effect because you know, I, they're generally one in the same It's like, there's always THC. And then sometimes there's also CBD with it, but you know, I'm just like, yeah, I'm high. And there was CBD in that weed. So maybe I got, you know, it, I got some extra benefits. Cool. Yeah. Like okay. I will say though, the CBD topicals, I'll stand by them. Like same. that, that flow oil stuff. It's kind of expensive, but like that stuff works magic. I mean, I've gotten it from my mom. She uses it on her back. She's like, Nothing has helped. This stuff helps. I'm like, yeah. Dude, I feel like that's, uh, <clears throat> I mean, now it's a foregone conclusion that weed is going to be legalized nationally, I would say. But I feel like as the tip of the spear, a lot of people were like really against weed until they tried it for something like that, like some sort of ailment where they're like, wow, that pain relief is legit. And then they're like, oh yeah, if someone has spinal cord damage or whatever, we should probably make it so they can get this. I feel like it's one of those things where like, unless you've experienced it personally, a lot of people are, you know, against it. Yeah, and for a lot of people, you know, like they just don't want to smoke anything. 
much less weed. So they'll like try topicals or maybe like a little edible, but yeah, they just don't want to smoke something. For a lot of people, they want to smoke everything, not just weed. Yeah. <laughs> get that. All right, let's take a break here and we'll come back with some emails. Welcome back. As always, thanks to our sponsors. We really appreciate it. And thanks for the heartfelt. All right, Cobb, it's time for some emails. <clears throat> hey, guys. I'm a pharmacy tech in Utah. And uh, number one, the vaccine cards are super forgettable. We have to give people new ones all the time because they forget to bring them in for the second shot. Two, Matt, yes, you were supposed to stick around the pharmacy after. Uh, we make... Uh, we check to make sure that you don't have any random side effects. For example, about 15 minutes after getting her vaccine, a lady broke out in a weird rash. Uh, we had uh, expected it because she had the reaction from the other vaccine before, so we kept her longer than normal to make sure she was okay. Don't worry, lash, rash cleared up fast because of Benadryl. Um, another lady sitting next to her freaked out and had a panic attack, and we had to call 911. She was fine, and the EMTs just sat with her for a while, and she left with her dad. So the tech pharmacist that gave the shot um, should have said to stay seated in the waiting area. Number three, you'd be surprised how many times while I'm giving the vaccine, people don't want the Band-Aid because their anti-vax, anti-mask family members will give them crap about it. Side note, I, that's wild. Side note, I will ask hairy guys if they want Band-Aids because I don't want them to have to basically wax themselves after ta uh, taking it off later. And number four, I'm always really happy when people are grateful for getting their vaccine. Makes me feel like I'm doing some good. So be nice to your pharmacy tech. We are really underappreciated and many people have no shame openly yelling at us. Thanks for what you guys do. Listening to the podcast has been a really nice way to decompress in the chaotic world. Jess. Yeah, those are strong points. I'm like, yeah, like the pharmacy people, like they're just doing their jobs. What are you going to scream at them for? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Roger, I got your email. Didn't hear a response back. It was like an off cast one. I emailed you back, um, to the greatest podcast in all the land, all the land, all the land. My example of instant karma came over the Memorial day weekend. It was my son's second birthday and he got a bike from mom and dad, a big wheel type bike. I took my son out to try the big wheel for the first time. Uh, there's a very slight incline uh, on the road we live on. So I sat him down in his big wheel and let him coast down the small hill, uh, staying in front of him backpedaling so I could catch him if uh, I needed to. He loved it. He went all the way down the hill four or five times perfectly, steering when he needed and actually getting up to some pretty fast speeds for a two-year-old. I was... Uh, backpedaling as fast as I could to keep out in front of him. I was a super proud dad and thought my son was the absolute best on a big wheel. Then mom came out to watch. I talked to our little man up uh, to be the next bike prodigy, set him up at the top of the hill and let him go down just as uh, before, staying in front just in case. Of course, this time, right as he's getting up to speed and I'm backpedaling as fast as I can, he veers hard right and runs right into the curb. He goes head over heels, big wheel flies up in the air, and my boy is sprawled out on the ground like a cartoon. He looks at, up at me with tear-filled eyes and a look of bewilderment. Then come the tears. Mom's running down the street screaming at me uh, if he's okay. Luckily for yours truly, the tough little man shook it off in a matter of minutes and wanted nothing else to be but to be back on the big wheel and go down the hill again. I swore to my wonderful wife that he had done it perfectly like five times before she came out. She seemed skeptical at best. Thanks for the great podcast, boys. Uh, thanks to you guys. I have often gotten back to basics and lost 25 pounds since the first of the year. Hell Matt yeah. and Ted, you keep me motivated to make small, sustainable changes that improve my life. Matt, have you tried Athletic Brewing Co.? By far the best non-alcoholic beer out there with a wide range of styles for every beer drinker. Hope Love to see you all out at one of Seattle's many golf courses over the summer. Cheers. One-year podcast listener, Chris. That's awesome, Chris. Also, Chris, for a minute there, I was getting worried the backpedaling was going to lead to you taking a header. I was like, oh, Me that would have been brutal. <laughs> when he was like backpedaling, that's I was like, like holding my mouth or my hand over my mouth, like tell me he didn't fall backwards. Yeah. I mean, Two-year-olds, like, they're resilient. They, <laughs> like, they, he's not, he doesn't have as far to go. And, yeah, I was, I was with you. Yeah, that's, uh, that's quite a tumble for, for the little man, too. But glad he's all right. <laughs> Definitely had a uh, toddler. I don't know if they were two or, like, one and a half, like, in the row next to me on the flight back out to Seattle. 
and they were just screaming the entire flight, right? Which, I mean, it's a little kid. Like, who really cares? But also, like, she'd get up and move around and then started, like, poking me. I'm like, ah, no big deal. So once the flight lands, like, they're like, sorry, she kept poking you. And I'm like, ah, don't worry. There's always room on my broom, right? And they kind of laughed. I was like, all right, you know that book. And I only know that from, you know, Jamie reading it to Francis. <laughs> but then the dad looks at me and he goes, you know what's unbelievable? He goes, we're coming back from a wedding. She just stared at everybody the entire weekend. They're like, she kept coming over to our row and like, like trying to talk to us. He's like, I, I don't understand. I go, I, look, they're little kids. Who knows? So like, I know that, like I've seen it with Francis and Barrett. Like I know that stare when it's like, you know, these people, they just stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, hey boys, I really appreciate all that you guys do and love the show. Thanks, Skyman. Thank oh, you. like it. Hell yeah. We got one more. Uh, greetings to the greatest podcast in all the land. All the land. All the land. My instant karma story that comes to mind happened when I was eight or nine years old. Uh, we had this big exercise ball in our house, and I went to kick it at my little brother, who's four years younger, as hard as I could uh, indoors just to knock him over. But I kicked to the floor and broke my big toe. Oh. Larp on and back to basics, boys. <laughs> you know, I respect the game though. It's your brother. You got to mess with them. Oh yeah. We, uh, all three of us had older brothers. We know how that we were on the other end of that ball many times. Yeah. I will give shout out to my brother, Chris. When we were kids, he was always very nice and let me use the giant red wiffle ball bat. There was just finally a certain age where he's like, all right, you don't get to use the giant red one. Cause you can just hit dingers left and right with that thing. <laughs> Shout out to my brother, Sean, for tricking me into running around our, the outside of our house 47 times. <laughs> also, Kyle, you'll enjoy this. I was talking to Chris. He goes, my favorite part is now when Kyle, like we were talking about the beginning of the pandemic. And he goes, I don't know if other listeners can tell, but he goes, I could tell like you were not feeling it. And we were like annoyed with them. And I go, yeah, I told him to check the records. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what's a podcast without a little controversy, baby? You know, if we disagree on everything, what have we got? We got nothing. Oh, man. All right. Well, you know what? Let's take our second break here, and then we'll come back with uh, some what's mattening and a little cop topic. All right. Well, let's check in now with what's mattening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mattening? Uh, before we get to what's mattening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mattening? Check out with what's mattening. Hey, hey what's good? What's mattening? Uh, before we get to what's maddening, hey, hey what's good? What's maddening? Check out with what's maddening. Okay, I would like to thank you for coming out tonight. <laughs> right? That's how they were holding the microphones, and that's how the whole speech went. <laughs> I, I wrote a note to myself to do that when I started out. <laughs> You're talking about that. Um, yeah, it's been a couple weeks, but I had a good weekend this past weekend. Um, it actually started out with lunch with our boy Carson, the lawyer. Oh, nice. Yeah. Send me that picture. That's brr, awesome. Brr. Yeah. What were the cookies we tried called, Ted? Oh, you were. Uh, you guys were eating hamatoshin. Hamatoshin. Yeah. Yeah. We went to Sherman's. Um, hamatoshin. It was really good. That was my first time trying it. Um, you hamatoshin. Know, Hamatashin is a Jewish food usually served around Purim, like the Jewish Halloween that I say is like in the spring. But like when I worked on that Jewish talk show, like I tried a few things. Hamatashin is the best. It was so good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Sherman's is a Jewish deli. They carry it. And, uh, you know, yeah, Carson and his girlfriend were great. Uh and yeah, I just had a fun time getting to know him a little bit. And, you know, he's down here in the desert, too. So, uh, yeah, lots lots to catch up on about mostly how awesome this place is. Um, and get this. He told me at Sherman's, you know, I said I told you guys about the sandwich where instead of bread, they use latkes. Right. All right. So there's one on the menu. It says beef and latkes. And it's like, that's a sandwich. And that's what I'd always get. Cause it's like, it comes with latkes as the, as the bread. 
And then Carson's like, you know, you can get latkes bread on any sandwich on the menu. And they just have like a list of 20 awesome looking sandwiches. Uh, so I got the uh, I got the Philly cheesesteak on latkes, which is like the classic, not actually Philly cheesesteak, like Swiss cheese and bell peppers and stuff. Not whiz. Is yeah. that the Jewish deli that has like they're famous for like the size of their sandwiches and has like a challenge sandwich? I don't know if they have a challenge sandwich, but their sandwiches are certainly gigantic. All right. Um, I was watching one of those random food shows and like they were in Palm Springs and they went. I was like, I don't know how many Jewish delis are down there, but I'm like, that has to be. The same it has thing. to be Sherman's. And yeah. I don't know if they do or they used to. If they do, I probably wouldn't have been looking for it. Um but yeah, they don't heavily advertise it, to my knowledge. Um, Ted, are you sure the deli was Jewish? Because it could have been TKB, the kid's bakery. Yeah, it had an S word. Okay, then got to be Sherman's. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the place we've talked about on this podcast. Um, if it sounds familiar from that, you know, Cobb, you've been there, right? Heck yeah, that place is awesome. Right? Love it. I don't know what a latke is, though. I mean, I'm just, yeah. It's like that p- potato kind of pa- pancake type thing. It's like a potato, you know, it's like a potato pancake and it's like fried real quick on the griddle. So it's like firm. It's almost like a hash brown S type thing, but not, it's yeah. not like shredded. Is it sweet? But like, kind of it sweet. I, I mean, it's a potato pancake, so I don't know that I call it sweet, but it's if like, you were to if you were to eat it with nothing else, would you put something on it or eat it by itself? That's my question. I mean, traditionally, I think a latke you'd put like a little dollop of sour cream on. Oh, all right, okay, latkes. <laughs> hmm. I put salt and know, ketchup man. on them regularly because that's potatoes. what I would put on them is salt and ketchup. <laughs> Um, yeah so uh that was great after uh after that we headed out to actually went to the 420 bank uh first and got lunch uh, or yeah got some weed after lunch and then headed out to los angeles um for the weekend and met up with one of our friends uh who lives in west hollywood and then went to my brother's who lives over in Santa Monica and after dinner got sufficiently stoned and he had me watch. He strongly recommended. He put it on F1 drive to survive. Nice. You boys were not kidding about that show. Wow. It's a fun ride. Did you see freaking Max crashed crashed with like three laps left last weekend? I was so Max happy. Verstappen. No, oh, really? Oh yeah, he was in the lead. It was his race to lose, and like his brakes locked up, and he crashed with like three laps left. Oh my gosh! No, I'm like three episodes in, and yeah, it's it's so cool. Um, he's got a gigantic TV, and uh, you know. He has a shared wall. The TV's not on the shared wall. Which one's that? <laughs> McLaren. My Ted's holding up a McLaren jersey. Yeah, because that animals. first season got me into Ricardo, so now he's at McLaren. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I Googled Daniel Ricardo and saw that he was with McLaren now, um, but in the first season, he went over to Renault, right? Yeah, he yeah, starts on... Yeah, he starts on Red Bull, then he goes to Renault, and now he's at McLaren. Okay, so there's not okay, but yeah, so I'm I mean, I'm like way behind you guys. I have no idea what the hell's going on now, except for yeah, uh Ricardo's pretty awesome. I was like, Oh, no wonder Ted was talking about this guy, but I was also <laughs> I was laughing with Luke. I was like, you know, anytime it comes up, I'm like, I know who Lewis Hamilton is, and Ted's like, Yeah, but you gotta know about Ricardo, and it's like, Oh god, I don't know. And it's like Man, you could have come to that conclusion after watching one episode, Ted. (laughs) The first episode you fall in love with that guy. Yeah, I mean, he finishes like 10th every week. He's not the best driver, but like he's won at Monaco before. And he's just to me, he's the most likable. Yeah, yeah, he's very likable. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so so that was a ton of fun. Um, he and I went and played golf on Saturday with one of his friends who I think is more obsessed with golf than I am um, and certainly better than me. But it was a lot of fun. Um, and then Sunday we were we went out there. Uh, Tyler was having a family reunion. And so I went to that on Sunday, uh, met a bunch of her family that I'd never met before. Uh, including Danny Trejo, which was pretty dope. Okay, I saw the pictures and I'm like, I'm pretty sure that is Danny Trejo. But then I like wasn't positive, but I'm like, all right, that's that was him. That was that's the guy from No Country for Old Men, right? And many other movies. Was he in that? Wait, so that's what is that like? Her cousin or something? How's he involved? Dad's cousin. Wow. Yeah, he's Machete. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so he was super cool, um, very nice, very stoked to see everyone, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun, and that was all like her dad's side of the family, and then her mom and went over and met her side of the family right afterwards too, who I'd never met. So it was just a very efficient, like, but met a lot of people at once, and it was like. Holy smokes, how am I going to remember all these names? But there's a couple people that lived in some rad places that had guest rooms. So it was like, well, we'll remember them. We'll start there. <laughs> That's a fair call. So, you know, I was chopping it up at, at the family reunion. Her uncle is obsessed with golf, too. So that took a lot of the time, you know, and we had a great time chatting and he's going to be in Idaho this summer. So that's first on the list. Um <laughs> But yeah, overall, uh, yeah, great weekend. And I was just laughing my ass off at F1. Just like, man, you boys were so right. God damn it. I am so late to this party. <laughs> yeah. And dude, I'm telling you, when you start watching the races, like it's it's like soccer. It's like I think it's only like 90 minutes. You know what I mean, sometimes there's a delay and you're like two hours, but it's not like NFL. Oh. Where you commit like three and a half hours. You just have to get up early to watch them. Yeah, it's like 90 minutes to an hour. You're in and out. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I was telling Luke that you're one of those. Yeah. I was like, Ted wakes up and watches it. He's like, I have a couple of friends like that, too. I don't do that yet. (laughs) (laughs) You're on it, man. I respect it. So that's what maddened this weekend. All right. Yeah, I was going to say it was kind of weird. The The last race was two weeks ago. So we were we were on the East Coast. So it started at like eight and then there's an accident. So there's three laps left. But the cleaning people showed up at 10 a.m. promptly. We're like, now nah, you guys got to get out. Like, OK, oh. I guess we won't watch the end of that race. <laughs> <laughs> and then Canada still has uh, like COVID restrictions. So they were supposed to run Canada this past Sunday, but they didn't run. Hmm. So. All right. Well, I guess it's about that time. Cobb topic. Cobb topic. The Housewife and the Hustler is a documentary I watched last night. Ended up onto it because the girl I'm dating is very into the housewives, which is fine with me. Um, And it got me thinking about how I've been really into documentaries for a long time. I've watched some really insane documentaries, things like, the devil and Daniel Johnson. Um, I don't know. I have a list of Marwin calls a crazy one. I got, got a list of 15, 20 really crazy ones and then hundred others. Um, so I was just like, you know, like maybe I should just start crowdsourcing this thing. I used to go to the little video rental store over in Ballard and those guys who worked there, like, because it was one of the last video rental stores, they were like obsessed with documentaries. So they'd recommend good stuff. So cop topic this week, what is the most insane documentary you have ever seen email us email at the podcast.com uh, or hit Matt up on Twitter. What is the most insane documentary you've ever seen? I'm looking for just a fun, crazy ride or if it's really good, but preferably insane. And the one I watched, yeah, was uh, Tom Girardi and that housewife, uh, Erica Jane and their whole crazy divorce that's going on. It wasn't that crazy. I've, I've seen crazier, but it just got me thinking about it. I don't know that story. Dude, okay, here's what's going down. It's all very recent news. I'm glad you asked, Ted. <laughs> uh, all right, so 
basically I'll probably mess something up, but basically one of the housewives names is Erica Jane. I just learned that I discovered this yesterday, uh, but she was dating this guy who is this, you cannot get more prominent as an attorney in LA. I mean, he literally was, he was the Michael Jordan of LA lawyers. He ha- had one of the biggest wins in us history over PG and E. Um, he's represented a ton of crazy cases that you've probably heard about. Even, uh, just in, even if you don't follow the legal profession whatsoever, you've seen him on the front page of papers. Uh, he's represented some huge cases, but, and this is where it gets into speculation. He just went broke, filed for bankruptcy, despite people thinking he had hundreds of millions of dollars. The issue was he's been slowly going broke. And when they win these big settlements, it goes into this trust, this fund that uh, the attorneys hold on to and then dole out based on what the court has said. Let's say you know somebody got burned in a house fire, like the PG&E gas explosion. This guy gets money every year for life, et cetera, et cetera. Well, instead of doing that, it appears that this guy, uh, Tom Girardi, uh, was raiding that fund to fund this housewife's extravagant lifestyle. I mean, she literally has she has a pop song out called "I'm Expensive," and uh, so obviously people are people are pretty pissed off. Um, and it looks like he's burned through hundreds of millions of dollars of client money. And this sort of goes into what's going on. And now, you know, he's like 82. His wife's like probably in her late thirties, tons of plastic surgery. He's been living on borrowed time. I get the feeling he's just going to like, you know, Epstein us and just, and just disappear and, you know, die, but who, who knows, but it's a wild case. And it's basically like, you know, one of the most prominent falls from grace we've ever seen. Yeah, well, the funny thing is, too, is that, like, it's easy to burn through money. It's like you look at, like, NFL athletes, and people always look at, like, guys that are buying cars and stuff. But, uh, oh, man, there was a quarterback, played for Jacksonville for years. He played in Washington for a little bit. Mark Brunel, right? And he spent every single dime. And people were like, and they asked him about it. He goes, you know, it's not just cars and extravagant lifestyles. He's like, I bought nice homes for my family, like. My kids went to the best schools. He's like, he's like, it, 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 it really wasn't that hard. He goes, I feel, you know, it's kind of ridiculous now that I burnt through it all. But he's like, it, he's like, it wasn't just parties and like, like fancy jewelry. Like, you'd be surprised. Then you run in some of those upper echelon circles. Like, it, it's easy to spend money. Not excusing yeah. it. Trust me. I'm just saying it, it happens. Yeah. And also, uh, I feel like what happens a lot of time, one of the main things that eats up people's money is investments bad investments that they think are good investments, restaurants, things like that. They'll spend a couple mil and, you know, thinking, Hey, I'm doing, I'm wise. I'm investing my money, but it's just a cash pit, man. Yeah. And the first six months you open that restaurant, everybody in town's going there. And then it's like, after a while, it's like, all right, well now you got to be a good restaurant. You can't just, you know, you're not just on name. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't- Shout out Vince Young Steakhouse still in business. <laughs> The documentaries I recommend are not the most uplifting ones, but American drug, what's it? American drug war. I've referenced that one many a times. That's a really good one. And then Cobb, I think you watched this one with me, but the elephant in the living room. And it's about, that was good. Wow. Owning exotic pets and like the dangers in it. Yeah. That's definitely worth a watch. Cobb, how did you phrase the question again? What is the most insane documentary you've ever seen? The most insane. Yeah. So I just thought it was kind of insane at the time. And in hindsight is only even more insane. Trying to do the math on when this would have been probably around 2006 or seven, because I was in community college and one, I I don't even remember the class that it was in. Um, but the teacher recommended that we all go and watch. It was less, it was soon to be infamous that we all go watch loose change. Which That's is, the nine 11 documentary, right? Yeah. Which is like a wild conspiracy documentary that I'm not. I mean, it was an insane documentary at the time, even then. Right. Building now, seven. Right. Right. It was nuts. But the, the most insane thing was that like a teacher told a room full of students to go watch that. And it was, I was just like, 
damn. I mean, I guess he was encouraging us to think or whatever. But I, I remember thinking, like, this is an insane thing that my teacher told me to watch. Out there letting the people know what's really going on. <laughs> Dude, I got I got two more to add if people are looking for stuff to do. I know people are out of quarantine and the animal spirits are flying and they're probably, you know, out there getting their rocks off. But uh one, the bridge, it's a downer, but it's very good. It's about the uh the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco, most suicides of any place in the US wild ride and then the other one uh jesus camp which i think ted had a bit of an experience with over the weekend yeah and like Cobb, you recommended this one it's really good just know it doesn't end well which was senna oh my god that was a beautiful that's one of the most beautiful docs i've ever seen i cried beautiful movie but <laughs> yeah sad all right well there you go boys we pumped out 50 of these bad boys over zoom i mean we're getting it done let's go uh we'll be back next week and then yeah, i think we got a couple weeks of doing shows and stuff i know july 4th is around the corner so we might miss a week here or there but uh you know what feels like we're f-ing back in business back to basics back to basics baby Woo! all right for mctp or for Kyle for mctp i don't know how the order goes i'm deep ted smith this is the podcast cheers